This is Bo Buchanan, Arizona Lodge number two, and I'm here speaking on the level with Suresh Muthumani. Suresh, why don't we start out by giving me your full name, the name of your home blue lodge, and any offices or titles you have connected to that lodge. Uh, so my full name is Suresh Muthumani, um, and the real way it's pronounced is Suresh Muthumani, from my native language in India. Mut, is it Mut? Muthumani. Muthumani, okay. Yes. Um, I'm right now a member of Oriental Lodge number 20, that's where we are speaking from, in Mesa, Arizona, and I'm currently the Worshipful Master of this lodge. And where were you raised and how long have you been a Mason? I was raised right here at Oriental in 2010, and July, if I'm not mistaken. My, my, <laughs> dates, my dates are always messed up. And uh, I've been a member since then, which is 2010 till now, which is so about six, six years. So yeah. you're coming up on your six-year anniversary here. It sounds yes. like it was July, yes. okay. And uh, do you remember when you first heard of this thing called Freemasonry? Yeah. When yeah. was that? That, it's very, actually, it's very, this is the first time I'm probably talking to someone because Good. I don't share <laughs> these stories. But growing up in India, uh, my parents already always joked about one of my great-great-grandfathers, that oh, he was always doing something or the other. He was also a mason, and he used to have his friends, as they called him, come home, and all those stories, right? But I, didn't, I had no idea what a mason was or a freemason was at that time. So that I will stop with that. But that's where I first heard, and this was when I was probably less than a teenager, right? Like so, when did, so you grew up in India. When did you come to the U.S.? In 98. 98, okay. And I came here to study. At, at ASU or ASU. ASU. Yeah. So ninety-eight. How old were you at that time? Probably early twenties. Early twenties. Okay. Yeah. So any time. So your grandfather. You say your grandfather. Great, 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 great grandfather. grandfather. So you never had a chance to meet him. You just heard no, stories. No. Um, before you came, had you talked to your parents, your grandparents, or anything any more about masonry? Did you learn? Not anything? really. No. Well, the only thing I knew is masons. <laughs> <laughs> so you never visited a lodge or petitioned no. a lodge back in no. India. Okay. All right. So you came here, you're in your 20s, you go to college. How much longer after you came here was it when you started looking into masonry? Uh, at least, let's say, at least seven or eight years. So maybe, and I'm going off memory here, right? So around the 2004 time frame is when I probably started thinking of it. Um, then what was it that, that clicked at that time, do you remember? Well, basically, I've always been interested in philosophy and things beyond watching TV, basically, and... Uh, and I've always wondered where are all these guys who are also interested in things beyond the material, things beyond the day-to-day -day aspects of life. And then I was looking for different groups. and then Different fraternities and fraternities stuff. And right. I was not looking for a fraternity. I was just looking for a group of people right. you know, beyond the religious aspect of it, right, who would be interested in these kinds of things and, and exploring knowledge and thinking about things beyond this life and so on. And that's when I ran into Freemasonry. I think I Googled it and I ran into Freemasons online. And I saw the <laughs> the process of petitioning and it had two people have to sign and so on. I kind of put it to rest, right? This was six years before I actually became a Masonist. Oh, wow, okay. And I kind of looked into it and let it sleep. Then, uh, it looks like a pain in the butt. I'm gonna... uh, it seems like a long process. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't know anybody. You know? <laughs> Okay. Here and that's so, and you, were you still in college at that time? 
I know I was working at the time. You were working. About five years into my job. Okay, so you graduated from college. Yes. Five years into your job. Yes. You hadn't met anybody else yet who was a Mason. Not, not in person. Okay, so then uh, tell, walk me through that next uh, six years or something until you actually started becoming a Mason. Well, I didn't have a TV, for example. Uh, I spent a lot of time watching online video documentaries and... I was just doing my own thing, but I didn't have like philosophies, history, and different aspects of, 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 you know, reflecting upon life and those that kind of thing. So what were you doing for work? I was a, I'm a software engineer. Software I still engineer, am. okay. I work for Intel, yeah. yeah. But eventually, at work, uh, I used to have these conversations with some a group of guys. Uh, I used to smoke in a smoking area and. And I knew one of the guys for a like, long time, about 10 years. And and we started having this conversation. And he said, you know what, Suresh? I think you'll really like Freemasonry. Right? <laughs> and I said, oh, Freemasonry? That, that rings a bell. <laughs> <laughs> I looked it up a few years ago. And he said, I just became a Mason like a few months ago or something. In that one-year period, he had become a Mason. And he basically said, stop by. And that was... And he's a member, and he still is a member of Oriental. So, so that was Oriental. So that's how you yes. connected to this lodge. Yes, because so, I live in Chandler, and Chandler Lodge is closer than right. this. But he was a member here. And from how long was it from that time until you actually joined? When you said, "Oh, you should come by." That and check was in 2009, and I acted immediately. Basically, within the one month of having the conversation with uh, with Curtis White, and uh, he's he's a member. I started attending this lodge, and I remember walking into this, the same doors that you walked into uh, in 2009. And, and here you are now, Worshipful Master, which is, for those who don't know, the head of the lodge. For uh, this year. For yeah. this year, mm -hmm. which is kind of cool. So what was it that you had this, this seems to be a common theme when I talk to people. There's this period of search or discovery over five, ten years, and mm -hmm. you look, you hear about it. What was it that kept building up this interest and draw into Freemasonry? Why Freemasonry? Why not some other organization? Well, before I walked into this lodge, I can't say for sure that Freemasonry was the right place where I could pursue these kinds of things, right? Because I had not done my extensive research on the fraternity. I kind of knew it was a nice place, it's a good place where you can have good men and they're also interested in different things. But the one feeling I remember is walking into these doors and always there is somebody that reaches out and shakes your hand and they don't even know if you're a mason or not, but you feel that vibe in the lodge, which is the uh, first thing that appealed to me. And then after having, I just staying through, I mean, it's a longer process for me. I didn't look at it as like a one night thing. I said, oh yeah, this is what it, it is, right? It's a longer journey. And waded into the water. Yeah, it slowly let it sink in because it really takes effect only when due time and and reading and reflection and conversations, uh, I mean, at least for me, that was the experience, right? Only when I spend more time interacting, listening, reading, observing, is when I get most more of it then. And there's a long more to go, right? This is just six years into it. So you joined Oriental now. I know I ran into you down at uh, Prometheus Lodge. Uh, <laughs> you remember there as well? Yes. So uh, Prometheus is one of the offshoot lodges from Oriental, started by a, past master, a couple of past masters from Oriental. We wanted to expand in the Gilbert area. So I'm, I'm one of the charter members of Prometheus. And it turns out that 
right now I'm a senior warden there as well. So, are you a member of any other lodges? Um, well, I'm part of Scottish Rite. Okay, uh, Scottish Rite. Phoenix well. Scottish Rite. I didn't know that. I'm in Scottish Rite too. Oh, okay. Yeah. okay, I saw your ring. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Now, how long after you became a Mason? How long was it when you joined the Scottish Rite? Uh, one of the three years. It's a short three years, answer, okay. but basically, I wanted to wait long enough before I joined. Uh, so when we when we are raised at Oriental, uh, one of the members here usually gives us a petition to Scottish Rite signed, and he says, "Take your time, don't join right now, but when you think you're ready, you can join." So it, I waited three years. I'm glad I did. Yeah. Join though. Yeah. So can you tell me, have you traveled at all? Have you gone back to India at all since you've been a Mason? Yes, yes, I have traveled. Yes. Okay. And what 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 was that like? Did you visit a lodge there? Yes. Really? So I've been to lodges outside the country. I have two examples. One is as soon as as I was raised here. In 2011, I had a sabbatical, just three months of holidays, paid holidays, right? So I went to India and I visited a lodge there, and it was, uh, it's kind of unbelievable because I passed through that road almost like many times in my life, and there is a college there, um, but behind that, a little street goes, and it says Freemason Halls, and outside that little street. And this this is a building that is behind the college, and it's like an old Probably early 1900s, the building that was built in the early 1900s, if I have to guess, by the English, right, the British right. in India. And a bunch of lodges, just like a downtown building would be a home to many lodges here, that Freemason Hall is a home to many lodges in my city in India, which is in Chennai. So I went, I didn't know anybody as usual, I didn't even email them, I just went and said, <laughs> yeah, I know this. <laughs> yeah, I just said, I know this large number XYZ meets here, can I join you? They said, can I join your meeting? And they were all obviously very happy to have me there and, and you know, when it comes to certain parts of the meeting, they kind of figured out, hey, this guy is not from here. <laughs> Uh, so things were a little bit different there, but they they were very welcoming to you. Very welcoming, right? Did you go to more than one? Did you no, do any I, social functions? Or? In India, I did that that one meeting, and after the meeting, we had the social event, right? In India, in Arizona, we don't drink in lodge, right? But in India, and in certain other parts of the world, after the meeting, there's a little dinner with a little bit of drinking and toast to the visitors and all the really cool cool things. I had to give a little toast and talk. <laughs> oh, that's cool. Yeah, toast, tell them where you were from, yeah, and yeah, that's yeah. kind of neat. And they probably it's like go, a table lodge that we have here, right? All the visitors and the masters sit in one... But after a normal lodge. After a normal lodge. Oh, that's cool, that's cool. I went to Israel as well, and I visited a lodge in Israel. So tell me what that was like. Uh, this was in um, 2014. Yeah, 2014, I was in Israel for work. Again, I just reached out to somebody, uh, to the Grand Lodge at Israel, and... In Israel, there's lodges that meet in different languages, so German, French, Arabic, and so on from what I understand. And I found one in Spanish also. Uh, so I found one that meets in English, that works in English. So there was a brother who drove 62 kilometers, picked me up, and this was in old, old Jerusalem where this lodge met. And uh, it was a third degree night. It was excellent. <laughs> I enjoyed it. And obviously, they were very welcoming there also. That's the coolest part of masonry is it's uh, it's that fraternity, that the vibe and the, the bond that you feel, no matter, if, even if you're meeting for the first time across countries, you know, 
Yeah, you go in, nobody knows you, but they're happy to have exactly. you. It's not like they're, what the heck are you doing here? It's like, hey, we got a visitor, how cool. <laughs> exactly, and that was really nice. And uh, <clears throat> again, similarly, in Israel also, after the meeting, there was a dinner with all the toasting and all the good stuff. So. so it's funny, we do that before. We do dinner before lodges yes, here. Yes. We don't do the toasting and the, and the drinks. Um, <clears throat> mm-hmm. But from what I've read, that actually goes back to the tradition of the first... Uh, um, Masonic meeting or the first dinner recorded at the Goose Gridiron mm-hmm. Ale or something like that. They had mm-hmm. dinner and drinks after lodge. Oh. That's where that tradition goes back okay. to, from what I understand. Okay. So tell me, that that's really exciting. I haven't had a chance to visit lodges outside the country. May yet, I interrupt just one thing about Israel I wanted to say yeah. is, you know, when the lodge meets, and I specifically observed this, and I, there are different volumes of sacred law that were brought into the lodge. Um, and it included Obviously, the, the Torah, the Torah, the Quran, the, uh, the Christian Bible, and so on. And that was very important. It was interesting for me because Jerusalem, and we're talking about old Jerusalem here, and despite the conflict, despite what's happening in the whole region, it was really nice to see the reinforcement of meeting on the level and uh, tolerance and respect for each other's faiths, symbolically. And I saw all the books being brought in. And that's one thing I wanted to point out because I know it happens in other lodges, but right in the middle of Jerusalem. Right in the middle of a conflict. Right in the middle of the conflict. To see that, I thought it was very important. Yeah, that is important. I like that. Mm. So, are there other lodges? Uh, do you have plans to visit anywhere else anytime soon? Anytime I travel, I try to. But, I mean, within the country here, obviously, in Arizona, I was at the Prescott Lodge a few weeks ago where we were celebrating the 150th. One of this year is their 150th uh, anniversary, so to speak, since Aslan Lodge Number 1 got their charter. So it's a big celebration of the first lodge in Arizona, right? Right. Um, I try to visit lodges as much as possible locally, but... It's hard sometimes because a lot of us meet on Tuesday nights. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So when you meet on Tuesday, you can't yeah, go to Tuesday. I've been to your lodge you have, many but, times, yeah. um, but we meet on the same night. Right. That's my problem right now. I'm trying to make sure I don't miss a single of my own lodge meetings this, this year, so I can't mm-hmm. go to anybody else who meets on Tuesday, <laughs> unfortunately. So tell me some of the memories. Can you think of a something uh, that sticks in your mind about a time here at Oriental or at uh, Prometheus? Um, that you'd like to share with people? I mean, there are many, and <clears throat> just thinking thinking randomly that it's like this, right? There were one big aspect of Freemasonry is meeting high-quality men. And I'm talking about some of the older gentlemen, especially, right? We have a World War II veteran, I think, Dave Woodland. Who, who I'd love to interview, but I couldn't get a hold of him, unfortunately. Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully you'll interview him soon. Uh, we've had other World War II generation kind of uh, good masons who are, who are still active when I joined. There's Lloyd Byers. And just to, I think there's a very important aspect of society and cultures is to maintain the connection between different generations and listen to stories from generation to generation, right? Because it kind of passes on a sense of identity, a sense of culture, morals, whatever you want to call it. It's just kind of, and I don't know if it's uh, sometimes when families are isolated uh, or groups of people are isolated, I don't know if, or if they have to relocate because of job and so on. I don't know if enough of that happens. So one of the things I enjoyed is 
interacting with the older gentlemen to listen to their stories and kind of form a I don't know how to call put words to it but it well, it's just, you're building a sense of community. <laughs> One of the things that I've said actually both my grandfathers mm-hmm. passed away when I was very young. Mm-hmm. So I don't have any of those older men in my family. Yeah. So just like you it's been I kind of gravitate and enjoy talking to those older mm-hmm. men because you learn that intergenerational connection that I'm missing. Yeah. I think a lot of men are missing yeah. and that, and that's one of the benefits of Freemasonry. Yeah. And Well, I was just going to say, so you mentioned before about uh, Prometheus Lodge. Mm-hmm. Uh, tell me a little bit about where the impetus came from for starting that lodge and what the, uh, the I don't know, the mission, or tell me a little bit about mm-hmm. that. We've talked to Cosmo, yeah. um, so he's told us a little bit about that as mm-hmm. well, and we're going to talk to Nick in a little bit while, but I want to hear from you. Why yeah. did you guys start that lodge? Well, I think the original seed of the idea came from Jeff Cummings and Cosmo probably, and they were just sitting and having a cigar night somewhere probably they were probably contemplating starting one right in my mind though uh, gilbert is a growing area practically speaking gilbert the part of town is growing and there's no lodge that is that's been established yet there and oriental is very interesting because i think oriental came from tempe 15 uh long time ago long right? time ago and i think chandler probably came out of oriental i think and I, I, we have to check on the history here right i'm giving my disclaimer here <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but um but i think there's this idea of starting a new lodge first of all in a new area then hopefully adding a when something is new there's always this choice of adding a touch to it that could be a little different because every lodge has its own character you might have right notice that and we wanted to add a touch of something that will be attractive to this younger younger man and so and a modern lodge so to speak but still maintaining the core traditions that freemasonry has to offer and it's an evolving journey right we start out with something and every year it takes its own life and own shape but that is the thought process as soon as i heard about it i was like it's a no brainer i'll just sign i'll become part of the chapter members right and and it's a very interesting journey it's been so far and, Mod- and you the key there i think you said is a modern lodge some of the yeah. things i've seen that are very different there are like the they play the electric guitar oh yes the music, <laughs> you know yes. there's uh the, the way that they have built their their furniture all using lucite plastic yes um so every little choice that was made for prometheus we thought about okay what would a modern lodge look like what would it you know how can it be different and interesting <coughs> uh, the funny part of it is we also have a yoda a little yoda sitting in the front in the east in the east this <laughs> <laughs> so fun i love right? that <laughs> so um I think it's been very good so far. Uh, so what is it? So I think it's kind of cool that you came from India, you went to college here and then all of a sudden you found this this brotherhood in mm-hmm. in masonry. Um what is it that keeps you I mean you stayed, you became worshipful master. What is it that keeps you so connected? I mean, you're not just kind of sitting around doing a little freemasonry. You're you're knee deep in it. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're swimming in it. Mm-hmm. What keeps you so motivated and interested and excited in it? Well, fundamentally the value system that this organization stands for really appeals to me it always always did i'm talking about equality i'm talking about free thinking um tolerance of between beliefs uh true leadership and respect for people uh, i don't want to use the word 
leadership loosely but then when i look at society when and and there are different behaviors and different things that happen in society it's always good to know that there is this group of people that are trying and striving to be something better than the <clears throat> you know the base behaviors of humanity that sometimes gets exhibited in society right right and just to support the whole the whole idea is it's very interesting and obviously when you're active in the lodge that's the biggest benefit and i hope to go through this be done with the master here and maybe a master of prometheus next year because i'm senior warden there and after that keep helping out the lodge in different ways and so the short answer is it's what it stands for it's attractive can you can you think of uh, a brother that exhibits that that behavior that you're talking about those high ideals and morals that somebody that's made a real difference on your masonic journey and somebody you look up to uh my general personality is to look it's to not put a name or ident- like a person behind this but to look at many people and look at a specific behavior that they exhibit that stands out um because there are different people that different exhibit different behaviors like right. Jim May that you interviewed yes he's like uh, he's a member of a lodge obviously from day one till today he's he's been a big influence um not by saying things but just by doing things. he's a doer yeah he's just by doing things right, right. um from ritual all the way through helping a brother who's you know in scottish red those uh there's a member of oriental who just recently passed away but jim may was his guardian mm. uh for the longest time and he does these things quietly that nobody knows so such are the behaviors that sometimes you notice there are really men who serve in the kitchen i mean there's different parts of men who come on saturdays and do the lawn and nobody's watching these these are guys that come and serve without expecting any kind of reward but you know and so i can't put a i don't want to put a specific face to this sure. but there are many people with many good behaviors that's that's uh, something that i you hit right on the head is that doing those tasks that you don't think about something that takes when you have a building like mm-hmm. this or grounds grass you know back in the midwest somebody's got to clear snow yeah. you know it's those kinds of things that have to be done and when brothers do it that is yes. that's the way they serve yes i mean and that's that's impressive i like that and even outside lodges brothers that help out other brothers um even giving an ear to their problems you know there's many things that happen that are invisible in our fraternity one of the other things we say about freemasonry is we take good men and make them better yes has freemasonry made you a better man oh absolutely I, I, it just puts more accountability it's one thing to have a belief system and values or keep honing it but there's another part of freemasonry is that accountability and reinforcement right i mean not that anyone is kind of watching you all the time but the very fact that we are reinforcing certain basic values uh every month every week i think it's I mean I have very specific situations that I've had at work where there was a easy path and not so easy path but the right path and I've done I've taken those made those choices specifically because I was a mason at the time because it puts that extra little nudge right like hey, you know what do it <laughs> yep. and I mean of course there is also this other experiences like the more practical experience like public speaking and uh-huh. and and social skills which I mean some people like me I'm introverted so it's very difficult to kind of it's easier when I'm in a group of 
with a group of brothers to kind of become and bring out that part of me that comfort is had given comfort, you that, yes. that speaking ability yes yes so can you uh, share any any other final thoughts as far as memories or things you want to share with people um well the first one is obviously the day i walked in i'll finish with these two memories right okay. the day i walked in the brother who asked me to come to lodge was not there Oh. And I remember the day because I rang the doorbell outside, you know, the door was open, but it's like ringing the bell, <laughs> and walking in like this, and, and I remember the secretary and Roy and Rod Tappy and all the guys who looks up, you know, he's for fun, he always kind of gauges, uh, what's the right word for it? Elevator look up and down. Yeah, up and down. <laughs> <laughs> and then he gave a smile and he welcomed me, right? That's, and of course, I, I remember the day I knocked on the door. and as initiated and fast forward many years when i was um, installed in december 2015 my parents from india are visiting and they were here for my installation oh wow and and i i mean i didn't come here to become a master of the lord i came here to serve but that but, had to be pretty special but that was special and i and the fact that my mother's grandfather's grandfather was a freemason it kind of completed the whole <laughs> story in my mind so did they travel over just for that um they wanted to be there for it but they've also been traveling every year so they timed it it's <laughs> very cool and i'm going to become a citizen this year i'm still not a citizen oh, of really? the country so everything kind of is hitting a peak this year and so this year become a citizen of the united states yes wow good yes. for you so That's it. I'm very happy that you're doing this. Thank you. All right. Thank you very much for talking to me today. I appreciate it. Thank you, bro.